Jesus who has kept us. It is God that has given us strength. And it is his, been strength, it's his strength that keeps us from being depleted. And I believe that God, you know, wants to give us hope in this dark time, that he wants us to see that there's a light in the midst of all that darkness, that he wants to walk alongside us and give us the strength to carry on. See, my main place to get inspiration is from the word of God. And in the last several weeks, I've had the opportunity to speak to many people on a daily basis, to pray for them, to hear their hearts, to hear the concerns. And there has been some, just a thread of many who have had difficulties with their faith. Does it, does it mean that they are, you know, uh, you know, not, you know, doubting God for everything? No, they're, they're just struggling, and they're struggling to apply faith to their circumstances. Others don't really have, you know, that type of faith. They, they know of God. They know of the church, but are really struggling. They are greatly moved by the, the updates of every day and the changes of this pandemic. And I started recognizing that there were many that were very anxious and fearful and unable to cope, those of the family of faith and those without. And this started, you know, going, I started going on on, on a research on this. And on Friday, I spoke on uh, anxiety. And I, I mentioned that anxiety, and you'll see it on the board here, anxiety inaccurately judges reality. When we're anxious, our reality gets distorted. And all of it is stemmed from uncertainties. They all stand from uncertainties. Now, we know that in the life that we live right now, everything's uncertain. There is nothing. You cannot control anything, but you can control how you're going to be responding to them. But this is just it. Many people who profess faith for years are having a hard time applying the truths of their faith in order to help them move forward in victory. Many people say they believe God and want to believe that he will rescue them, but they are not fully persuaded. I want to talk briefly on the different types of faith and, and how do we develop a faith that makes us uh, pr persuaded and convinced, but it's a faith that delivers. How do we develop a faith that delivers, that, that causes us to be persuaded and convinced that whatever God has said, therefore he'll act upon. And I think this is something that we have to examine. So come along with me so I can show you a few things. Now, this is not, I'm not going, uh, you know, uh, I'm not doing a theological course. I, I can only give you just a bit of information on the dip, different types of faith. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to gloss over it because I'm going somewhere today. So I'm going to start with the historical faith. Historical faith is when men or women believe that there's a history behind the word, that there's a history that God exists, and they agree and acknowledge that God exists, but they don't fully believe it. They don't believe it. They're not persuaded by it. It's just, it's just information. It's just a history of, you know, of time past. And so there's that historical faith. It's, oh, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe this, these things are happening, but they really don't have, uh, they're not fully persuaded, and therefore, they are not going there on a daily basis to go and find their hope. You have temporal faith, which is usually called common faith. Common faith is so-called because it lasts, but for a time and a season. When people are go through certain things, the first thing they want to talk about is and cry out to is God. But 
that's the problem with common faith is not it's it's a god that is actually made or fabricated by what you have picked up from your past what has your experience have given you what you've heard from god and so it's a common faith everybody has a faith you ask people do you believe in god they all say it but do they believe in the god of the bible and do they follow his ways. This is totally different. So there, this temporary faith is professed, but it goes no further. It's professed in times of crisis, but it goes no further. That means when the crisis passes, God becomes a distant thought. Such common faith is temporary because it is grounded on temporary causes. It's emotionally led, usually, and fearful. Uh, it's fear or in a heightened position where you go to whatever you have heard for a greater ability to get through something. This kind of faith is mentioned in the parable of the seeds where it says uh, it fell on thorny ground. So those that are, they have a knowledge of God, but the burns and the causes causes them to go back to God, but nothing more than that, just a knowledge. There's no relationship. There's no connecting with that truth. And that brings me to saving faith. Saving faith for us in Christianity is often discussed in these terms, that we believe God's promises, trusting in his faithfulness, and relying on God's character and nature to act upon every word that he has spoken in the word, in the Bible. True saving faith involves repentance from one's sin and a complete trust in the work of Christ from sin and and what makes us righteous? What requirement has, has Jesus done so that we are right with God? So it takes, it, it, true saving faith is, um, it's a recognition, it's acknowledgement, it's a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus, not only when the crisis comes, but after the crisis and every day, our, our valley moments, our mountain moments, God is still the God that we go to and that we find strength and hope in all of our life's dimensions and what we're going through. So we need to understand that true faith is in recognition, acknowledgement, and personal commitment to the Lord Jesus who died for our sins and provided the only sufficient sacrifice for us to have a relationship with God. And with that, we believe the promises that we read in John 3.16 when it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes, believes as as having faith in, in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Galatians 3.14, for us who are believers, says this, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Uh, Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So through Jesus and his work, this is what comes to me, that they by faith may, we, uh, we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so when it's true faith, now we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit comes and indwells within us. See, that's what we call the born-again experience, the conversion time of our, of our time. Because I had faith before when I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within me. Not only did he do, give me that, he gave me a new heart, a new, a new life, a new family, a new identity, but he's also given me a measure of faith. And we see that truth in Romans 12, 
3, where he says this. Well, I actually, I won't even read it. If you want to go and check it out, you go and see it. Romans 12, 3 says that he's given us a measure of faith. And so when we start our journey, we have that measure. Now, that measure of faith, that saving faith, needs to be mixed with the word if it has, in order to grow and to develop into a faith that delivers. And I think this is what's happened is that we are people, God has told us that he loves us, that he's sovereign, that he knows what we're going through, that he will walk through everything to thick and thin with us, that he cares for us, that he will provide for us and give us victory over all circumstances. And you see, when I read those things, because my faith is based on what Jesus did, and I know that I have that measure of faith that has actually developed over time, because when crisis did come, I would align myself to, all right, this crisis is real, but is the word of God even more real to me at this particular moment. So every time I mix uh, the word with faith, the faith, that measure of faith that I was given, it grows, it gets stretched, it moves to a place where my faith can deliver at the next crisis and the next trial and the next situation. So we know that when I'm faced with uncertainties, which we have been, I start exercising that measure of faith. I go back to the word and I do what I need to do in, in order to find out what God is speaking to me. See, I know that Hebrews 11 says this. Hebrews 11 one says, faith means being sure of the things we hope for, knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. That's what the scripture says. You see, as believers, the use, not existence of faith becomes the issue. We know once the moment we became believers, we have that measure of faith. So it's not the existence of faith. We have the faith. It's how we use it. God loves his children, his word, the Bible details, his wondrous thoughts, his actions, his plans for us. So the question is, why are we living like we have been left alone in this crisis? Why are we living not understanding that we have the resources to carry out the mandate that God has given us to love and serve and proclaim his truth and walk in a pattern of joy and peace despite what we're going through? Now, the reason is one reason is the lack of knowledge in applying that measure of faith, in applying that measure of faith. So how do we use our God-given faith to experience God's wondrous promises? There are three basic steps in developing a faith that delivers. Right here, you're going to see a stool. Now, you know this stool, if I break any of the legs, it is not effective. I won't be able to sit on it. And so the stool, in order to be effective, has to have three solid legs on it. Well, it is the same thing as our faith. So the stool is like our faith. And with the faith, we need to develop three basic things. We need to believe, we need to receive, and we need to act. So I'm going to ask John just to touch the screen and let that come there so everybody can see what my my faith stool is all about. There you go. He got it. So now we know that when this happens, we need to go through each and every one of them so you can understand. Remember. It's not, do I have faith? No, if you're a believer, you have saving faith. 
that measure of faith needs to grow. That's why we need to mix it with the Word. If you ever question why we have to read the Word, the Word of God plus His faithful acts upon us is what grows that faith. Now, we are going to start with the word believe. Believe is a belief that starts with knowing and understanding. To know what he says, I must study his word. That's the Bible. Romans 10, 17 says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The whole book, the whole story of the Bible starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. The hero of the Bible is Jesus. Jesus gives me that ability to have a relationship with God, gives me that measure of faith. He gives me the enablement, the power. I am not without resources here today, but that faith needs to grow. As I learn his word and his ways, I gain understanding of who God is and how God operates. As I do, I learn that he loves me, that he's a giver of good gifts, and he has equipped and will empower me to conquer whatever I face. So the development of my faith is a progression. It's it's progressive in nature. God meets me where I am. Two weeks ago, God met me where I was. I was believing that God could be much bigger than what I was going through. But I needed to understand. I needed to know more about how God was going to bring me through. So I pulled out that card. I mixed my faith with the word and I waited upon him and he gave me several words that I'm pondering and meditating. Now, I know that it's not just that. I know that even with the word, I've also been given the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit came in, he became my live-in teacher. He guides me. He directs me. And that is why we are asked to not be so self-dependent in this, but to be spirit-dependent. Depend on him to walk you to that place of belief and understanding. He's the only one that can do that. If I want to experience God's promises, I have I have that personal responsibility to mix my faith with his word. Even if my faith right now is just a mustard seed, God takes me where I am. He takes me where I am. Faith is the activator and connector to receive God's promises. My faith is based on God and his word. It's based on his nature and his character. And if I want to and I need to be persuaded, I go back to the word. I go back to the word, and the word tells me, do not be afraid. I will be with you. No matter what you go through, I will be your shield and your buckler. Every time I go to the word, the word gives me something to hold on to, and the Holy Spirit gives me the ability to move from one place to another. So faith is the activator and connector to receive this promise. So I'm going to ask you, take courage. Take courage in this time. Start where you are and don't despise your small beginnings. Don't build on your failures. Don't build on your unbelief or your doubts. Build today on believing when God says something, he means it and he will act upon it. God is faithful. God's word is truth. God will not lie. To believe is to trust who he is. God is worthy of our trust here today. He is worthy of our confidence, but we must choose what type of faith we have. We must choose where we're going to go when faced with troubled times. 
believing and having faith, a confidence that God and his words are true, and he will do what he says is the beginning of stretching my faith. Psalm 119, 114 says this, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. I've said it many times from this pulpit. It is not when things are bad that you learn how to study the, God, the word of God. It is actually when things are really good. The quote that I had many, many years ago, and I wrote it in one of my Bibles, is that we need to practice how to worship God in the sunshine before the darkness comes. Because in the darkness, we're so distracted and so overwhelmed with anxiety, it's hard for us to move away from those uncertainties and go back to the word where it's which is very certain. So this brings me to the next leg of faith. The next thing that we have to apply, the basic step to apply faith is receive. Last week, Jen had received a package, which we deposited behind the door on the ground, and we promptly forgot about it. We do that. We forget about what God has done in the past. We forgot what he's, how he's spoken to us, how he's gotten us out of a whole bunch of difficulties. But with this package, we totally forgot about it until yesterday when Jen came up and she saw the package. Only when she received and took possession of it could she enjoy the benefits of that parcel. And so receiving for us is about applying the truth uh, to my truths. You see, sometimes we come to God with our own truths, but they're not based on the word. And so what happens is that we believe a whole lot of things that they don't line up to the word of God. And so our faith doesn't deliver when we need it. God has given us his word to receive and apply it in our lives. That means that his words become my words. His thoughts become my thoughts. His ways become my ways. And many times we believe, but we never receive that because receiving means that I am changing the way that I'm walking. His words is the answer to our struggles. His power Peace provisions are readily available to anyone who receives his word. To receive is to take in. That is why when we're so self-sufficient and self-reliant, we never take in the word. We might believe them, but it doesn't mean we're receiving them. Faith that delivers is faith that comes from hearing God's word and taking God's word as the truth that overcomes the need whatever need you're going through right now, that overcomes the lies that you believe about God, about yourself, about the circumstance, and overcomes all the uncertainties. As a believer, your name has been written on every one of God's promises for you. Receiving is also about trusting his word. When we trust it, then we will go to it as a guide and as a teacher. But not only that, we will use it to renew our minds. We think one way, God thinks another. Eventually, it changes our worldview, our perception of our situation. Two weeks ago, when I received Exodus 14, 14, and I know I'm stuck on this one, when God says, I will fight for you, all you need to do is be still. The being still is believing, seeking him, mixing my faith in his word, and then receiving that. That means that I trust that if he's given me this, that I'm not going to walk in uncertainty. I'm going to be certain that if God says it, therefore it is. And I have to remind myself this every day. And I understand that every time I do, I stretch my faith. I actually 
it, it actually has a greater capacity to carry me through this day and through tomorrow and the next. And so now I know that when I bring God and I receive his word, it changes my attitudes. It changes my value. That means what's important to me. It also changes my behavior. So if I have a tendency to be stressed out and be frustrated and irritable, thank God I'm not any of those right now, it's, it's because my perception is based on something else. I need to go back to God. You see, every step I take with God's word, every step I take when I apply, is like a stepping stone to a deep foundation that will never cause me to be shaken again. No matter how long this pandemic lasts, my faith will have a greater capacity to provide what I'll need for the, long, for the long haul. I do not know how long this is going to take, but all I am doing now is building these three. I'm building the first leg of belief and that I study his word. I believe I, I built the second leg, which is receive. And when I do that, what I do is I apply those thoughts into my mind. I'm mindful of how I'm thinking things through. I'm mindful of how I'm seeing stuff. If my behavior demonstrates that I'm impatient, ungracious, unloving, uncaring, beloved, I have to tell you, you do not have God's thoughts. God is here in the midst of this present danger, and he wants us to be lights in darkness, and he is using our families, our situations to bring to attention that he wants to stretch your faith. So this brings me to the last one in the leg of, of act. And now, when we are saved by faith in Christ, we should feel compelled by Jesus' sacri uh, sacrificial love of, uh, gift of love to give others the same thing. See, when we've experienced that deep love, we do want it give grace back. We do want to be impatient. So when we're impatient, we just go back to God and say, God, you know, this is just not you. I'm not too sure why I'm doing this. It could be because I'm not processing my anxiety or I haven't dealt with my fear or I have not believed and I have not received. But God, now you're asking me to act upon truth, even though that I don't see you here. You're asking me to be like you in this situation. Now, we know the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. This is where you're going to see the act part. By letting his light shine through you, you will give glory to God and you will affect others for his kingdom. Isn't that why we were rescued from darkness into the light for? It's so that we can demonstrate and reveal God to others. So James 2, 14 to 17 says this, What good is it? my brothers and my sisters, if a man claims to have faith but has no, de uh, no deeds, can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go and I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, it, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. This week I had, uh, uh, again, I get a lot of phone calls, and I don't mind that. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, this is why we're here. This is why. You call us. You, you, you do what you have to do to process your anxiety. You do what you have to do to think things through. Go and get your resource. Your word of God is there. The Holy Spirit's there. The family of God is there. Thank God that, that there's groups of prayer rising up in the midst of this. People who are going back to their word. God drew attention to this. And he's asking you to come back to him. But this week I had a phone call of, you know, a need. And it, it was that it was 
she was undone and, and she had a, a need and she needed help and she was having a major meltdown. And all I can do was God, I, I asked God, what did you want me to do? We're told recommendation is stay home and, you know, do the six, uh, six feet, you know, do that, whatever you need to do, wash your hands. And, and I've been obeying all of those things. But in light of the needs that are facing us, I knew God was calling me to help this one woman. So I did exactly what God asked me to do. I made my faith walk. I went, I had a mask, I had gloves, I stayed six feet away from everybody. I did what God asked me to do for that woman because I believed God was asking me to light her darkness. Beloved, we are there for one another. And I asked all of the questions. I knew where this woman has been. I knew that there was no symptoms, you know, progressing. I want to protect me. I want to protect my home. I'm not foolish in the decisions that I'm making. But, beloved, we will see more and more need coming. I was talking to my overseer, and he was saying how, you know, they're seeing a lot more suicides, a lot more people who are having, you know, anxiety issues that are bringing them to despair. What are we going to do when they call us? Well, be well, be great, you know, fed, see you after it's over. No, beloved, we have to use scripture. We have to convince them. We have to do what we need to do. And maybe God will ask you to step out and take all of the recommendations given to you to make sure you don't spread anything. I did all that God has asked me to do, but I also did all that the government told me to do as well. Beloved, there is a time, and it is here, that we have to walk in faith. I trusted that God was going to keep me. I was obedient. As believers, our faith should have corresponding actions. Ephesians 5.1 says this, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. My first mandate is to reveal God to those that are in need. Part of our actions is giving back what God has given us, grace, service, patience, compassion. It also means that we are careful in our speech. If my words are not seasoned with grace, if my words are not edifying the people and all I'm speaking of is this virus and all the information that I picked up, that I have missed the point. You guys can have as much information you need through the, the newscast, but when you talk to me, I'm going to actually help you fix your thoughts one more time on the God that I know will actually encourage you. We need to be careful to help others fix their mind on him and on truth until they are fully persuaded that God's word will deliver them. Faith acts in ways consistent with God's word. And we all have a choice, beloved, in the days to come. Faith is like a muscle. It grows stronger as it's stretched. And I know that every time I step out of my home, it is stretched. But I believe that God will keep me. I am looking for things that I could do for our community. Our community is in need, and I want to serve them. And I'm waiting for some phone calls, and I want to develop a service to help all those that are working on, on, on the front lines. They need our help. And I'm just praying that God will show me a way to do this for our community because they are there for us, and I want to be there for them. That's what God's heart is all about. And so trusting God, believing in his sovereignty in this world and in our life is how we exercise the faith that has given us, uh, it, that will give us a faith that delivers. I saw this quote I want you to read. 
for all those that think that, you know, sometimes we, we think that faith makes everything easy. This quote was by someone that was anonymous. It says, faith does not make things easy. It makes them possible. Because my strength is not not in my own strength, but it's in a strength of another. Why? Because Luke 3, 137 says, for nothing is impossible with God. When I go, I know I go with God. When we continually trust God by walking out and acting faithfully upon his word and by remembering his wondrous deeds in gratitude, you are developing a faith that will deliver in the end. You must believe, you must receive, then act. When you apply these basic steps, your faith is stretched and goes to a greater capacity to help you in the days to come. There are certain things that I realize that are very, very known for those who have saving faith. They are people who trust, people who are surrendered, people who are reliant, and people who are obedient. These are behaviors with people who understand what faith is that delivers. These basic steps are things that we have to apply. It doesn't work right off the bat. It's not instant. We have to continue. Remember, it's progressive. There will be times ahead when your faith will be tested, and it's probably tested today. And it will seem difficult to remain in your faith. If we look to him for his strength, however, you will see that you will be able to get through one thing after another. I'm going to ask Maya to come on up. And she's going to sing one last song for us. And I want to finish off with this verse here. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, that says to us, Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Beloved, it is time now to stand firm in the faith. All that God has done, you need to believe, receive, and act upon it. God loves you. He cares for you. He is here for you. Let me pray for you before I end and before we go to this uh, song that she has for us today. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, for all those that are online right now. I pray, God, that you would just move them from this place of doubt to a place of certainty. I pray for their salvation. I pray, Lord, that they would understand that not all faith are equal, God. Saving faith belongs to you, Jesus, because you have done the sacrifice for us. God, I pray, Lord, that they would understand that this salvation is a free gift, and all we need to do is believe. God, I pray that they would see their need of you, that without your strength, that they will not be able to withstand what is coming. God, I pray for all those that already know you, that they will start where, right where they are, that they would not despise the small beginnings, that they would continue to take courage and to stand boldly, courageously, and bravely seeking you, receiving you, and acting upon what you are showing them. God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that we will hear in the days to come what you are doing, moving amongst the multitude, showing and revealing your love and your plan to them. I'm asking, Lord, for a deeper knowledge and a revelation of how wide and deep your love is for them. And I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak truth to, uh, to people that I know and people that I don't. Keep them, bless them, and protect them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.